This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley here on NTS. First edition news with Willem van Dender and shortly... But off the top, with Perth Glory surging to the Premiership and naturally hot favourites to win the double, we'll chat to Neil Kilkenny to find out a little more about how Tony Popovich has transformed the WA outfit from competitive to giant killers. Then after what was meant to have been a fairly benign appearance at the Football Writers Festival last week, Chris Niku found himself in the middle of a promotion relegation firestorm when he indicated the international football benchmark is as far away as 2034. Chief Football Writer for the Age, Michael Lynch, was there and wrote the story almost immediately. So we'll have a yarn to Lynchy about the subsequent blow-up and whether it has substance or whether it's a storm in a teacup. Then with just five rounds remaining, we'll chat to our very own former Notts County man and 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League, Dean Hennessy, ahead of this weekend's round 23 of the A-League. In the second hour, as we always do, Willem will kick off with second edition news and the latest on Socceroos Central. We'll chat to our old friend, Chief Football Writer with the Leicester Mercury, Rob Tanner, but this time, not about the English Premier League, rather the draconian penalty imposed on Birmingham City for financial non-compliance, amongst other things. As a passionate Blue Nose, we know he'll have some very strong opinions on this and its ripple effects and how they touch on the broader football community. We'll get stuck into the European action with Dino following the international break and then we'll wrap it up with stoppage time. A packed show, Michael. Uh, you've got some strong opinions uh, on oh, the blow-up. You, you, you don't said, think it was a blow-up. You, you said it was, it was a, a firestorm. You said it was a firestorm. I'd hate to see your reaction or how you describe something when there, when there is a bit of controversy. Well, hang on. The the, the fellow board members climbed into him on Twitter. No, it was didn't. just... It no, was. Uh, let's just see what um, Lynchy says. Uh, I, I suspect he we might will. agree with me. We will. Uh, Michael will. He's a journalist, though. He'll... Uh, he'll like, well, aren't we? When we were behind the mics in this room, we're journalists. Well, my point of view is that it was uh, all the information Chris Niku, the chairman, spoke about was uh, in the public domain. And, um, and you there think is... he should have uh, put the silk glove on, though? No, no, I don't. Do you be... think he should have just said yeah, it as he said it? Yeah, I do. Because... And, the, and the public should just cop it? Because Obviously, if it's no, 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 board no, members. No, 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 there's one... There is a really important sort of undertone here that is that the, pe- the people, including myself, who are pushing for promotion relegation, we need to understand that the A-League clubs need to agree they need to be part of the process. You mm. just can't make it happen. And at the moment, there's a process going on with the A-League clubs around the new league's working group, which will ultimately deliver a new structure for the A-League, an independent A-League, uh, where promotion relegation and the establishment of the second division will be a big part of. But unless they actually get on board with this, uh, it won't happen in the time frame that some people want. I think that's Chris's point. Willem, uh, hello, welcome gents. to the hello. show. Hello, Willem. <laughs> hello, Michael. Hey, yep. yeah, just before Willem starts, did you did, did you watch the Oli Roos uh, over the last week? We've had three games of Oli Roos. Saw bits of it, yep. Yeah, did you uh, enjoy the, the ads from the Cambodian TV? Pokari Sweat and Cambodia Beer, not to mention the, the, the uh, white goods operators. They were fantastic ads. It was almost better than the football. <laughs> the Oli Roos remain on the path to the Tokyo Olympics after they progressed to the AFC Under-23 Championships. A pair of 6-0 wins and a 2-2 draw with South Korea was enough for the Graham Arnold-led side to progress to the tournament, which will be played next January. Arnold vowed increased funding and support of the Oli Roos will be discussed with the FFA to ensure they not only make the Olympics, but graduate into senior soccer roos. Rob, did you watch any? Did you actually? Because I actually recorded a little bit on our uh, on our chat. Did you realise yes. what I was yeah, recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course I did. Because yeah. we had that. It was just that. It reminded me of that kickabout um, 
was it with the Matildas, Matildas right, yeah, last yeah. year or so? Where, Which yeah. we spoke about at the time, and Dino uh, would know that uh, when we get Dino later, we might talk about it. Because in, in every now and again, mm. when you know that you've qualified, both yeah. teams know they're qualified, 10 minutes to go in the last half. My turn, half, your turn. My turn, your turn. And it was just like, it was, it was was yeah, it was laughable. And we, mm. were, uh, we were into it right up to our necks. We were, exactly. <laughs> but, but, you know, no no one's going to criticise when, when that no. happens. It's just but we're through to uh, January 8 to January 26 is the AFC qualification. In Thailand. In Thailand, so um, those those people listening uh, in our Green and Gold Army community, save your pennies because uh, that will be a lot of fun. Well, Thailand is a lot of fun at the best of times. Bangkok, uh, sixteen teams in Bangkok, uh, in a suburb just on the outskirts of Bangkok, where three stadiums will be utilised to host the tournament. It'll be a lot of fun. So there'll be more than one night in Bangkok, Willem. Staying with the Olive Roos, Arnie has declared they need to play more matches in preparation for those qualifiers next year. He's flagged that should this occur. He probably won't be able to juggle the role with his other job as Socceroos boss. No one can doubt Arnie's passion or enthusiasm, but it seems that the two roles is already looking a little bit unsustainable. Oh, I think he's, I think you're right, Willem. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he manages it from this point on. He's been very vocal, hasn't he? He wants, uh, he wants more money out of the Federation's mm. coffers. Uh, wherever that is, uh, I don't know where he's going to get it from, but um, there is. He wants small money and he wants uh, a lot of friendly games. And how can he do both jobs? Because that'll be a uh, obviously in. Well, especially when we finally get an international window break in the A League, well, and, and where there's no Socceroos to, to play. I know we yeah. talked about this last week, but that was pretty disappointing. That um, you know we didn't get to watch the national side. Uh, you know when the rest of the world. Was well, it's because he was here. You know that was. The, that yeah, was of course, the, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I know that. That's or he was in Cambodia. Sorry. The, yeah. So uh, the, that's the the very point that he probably shouldn't be in charge of the Oliveros right now. Can't be too hard for him to find a senior uh, coach of the Oliveros, mm. work together closely as... Uh, and he can be there when he can Gombau be there. did a yeah. couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that relationship would be too hard well, to manage. Church is looking for a job. <laughs> football, He'd be good, wouldn't he? Football Coaches Australia has called for a standardised coaching contract to be introduced <laughs> to ensure more security for the A-League, W-League, Youth League and NPL coaches. As it stands, at least four A-League clubs will start next season with a new coach, although that could very realistically rise to five or six. The FCA has stated a standardised contract would help clubs and coaches understand their legal obligations both during and after a contract. Okay, so run through your numbers there. So uh, four clubs, possibly five or six. So who are we talking about? So we've got Brisbane, Central Coast, Adelaide, Western United, Adelaide, possibly City, possibly Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, that's the world of football. You lose, uh, you don't get results. Uh, see you later, brother. It's quite simple. You you have a contract. Uh, it says you want to sack me, you pay me out. Western United have narrowly missed out on the signature of former Real Madrid and Brazil star Alexandre Pato. Pato's manager and United were apparently in talks for a number of weeks, but he will instead return to play for his former club, Sao Paulo. Now, we all know it doesn't take much for a big name to be linked to A-League marquee status, but Steve Horvat has been very bullish in bringing in Another huge name to compliment Panagiotis Kone, so let's hope a player of similar calibre isn't too far off. It's amazing. Normally clubs uh, make announcements on players they sign. These days clubs are making announcements on players they don't sign. <laughs> and over to Europe, Raheem Sterling has called for fans to face real punishment after suffering yet more racist abuse in England's 5-1 win over Montenegro. Montenegro are facing multiple charges from UEFA, including one count of racist behaviour. Sterling stated, The punishment needs to be a collective thing. Whatever nation it is, if your fans are chanting racist abuse, it should be the whole stadium banned so no one can come and watch. So when are these pigs going to end? Last week we were talking uh, about this very issue yeah, with right. Russia, mm. uh, a Russian player, and, and now we're talking about Montenegro. It's just... Well, that part of Europe is, is renowned for it, and um, they want to have a hard, cold look at themselves in the mirror mm. and uh, understand what it uh, really means, what they're doing. 
Harry Kane has declared he wants to be remembered as one of the greatest sportsmen ever. I saw this story. And he's considering an NFL career after football. He believes his ability to strike a ball could see him become a kicker at NFL level, something he plans to pursue in 10 to 12 years. Mm, I like it. What do you think, Harry Kane suiting up for the Patriots? Apparently he's a big fan of Tom Brady. He says, if you play in the Premier League and the World Cup and then in the NFL, would you be considered one of the greatest sportsmen ever? I'd say you would, but I think it's a big call. Yeah, well, well, in the story, he did um, go on to talk about comparisons with <laughs> him If he had to score Brady. the winner in a World Cup, maybe. Has anyone told him the ball's a different shape? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, good luck to him, mate. Nothing uh, wrong with ambition. No, no, not at all. Give us one more, Willem. Quite a sad story, but somewhat beautiful in a way. A survivor of the Chapecoense plane crash has sadly passed away after suffering a heart attack. Mm. Brazilian journalist Rafael Henzel was one of six survivors from the November 2016 crash and was described by the club as a symbol of their reconstruction. The club stated, Throughout his brilliant career, Rafael told the story of Chapecoense. The green and white pages of this institution will always remember his example of overcoming adversity and everything he did. And he was only 45, mm. and um, and he died while he was having a kick about with his mates. So he got um, oh, what sad, another, isn't it? That is sad. Another, yeah. I think I was listening to to, to talk survive sport, that. Um, what a horrendous thing he would have survived. Yeah. yeah. Well, he got another 800 days to 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 document the story of yeah. um, and and, and, he, and so, yeah. yeah, he's. Uh, his legacy will be um, long remembered. We covered that story like the rest of the world. Dean, um, I'll ask, and, um, Dean, Dean's just walked into the studio. So just a, before we go, a very quick one. Um, that uh, obviously the Manchester United uh, playing tragedy, which has shaped that club's future. Yeah. What I mean, Chapecoense, that was a terrible event. And it's obviously, obviously had a massive impact on Brazilian football. But what are your memories of a kid... Uh, growing up and the uh, the shadow that that cast that sort of thing cast a, across Man United. Yeah, look, it was a uh, it was Matt but Matt Busby. Mm. <clears throat> he was in it. Obviously, Bobby Charlton, uh, Bill Folks, who I knew. He was the coach of Tulsa Roughnecks in '78 until my dad mm. Alan Hinton went in '79. Well, so we knew them. Yeah. Um, but look, it was it's, it's sad and it's it's celebrated every year, especially by obviously Manchester United fans. Um, but a very sad event, lost a lot of great footballers. Uh, but what it what it did do, it really created a new team that then you know goes on and wins the uh, European Cup. A lot of people say that the club was uh, born, really really got a, got a leg out of that uh, that incident, really gelled the club more Without generally. Doubt. Yeah, and, it did. It, it yeah. connected everybody and put mm. Manchester United on the map. And then that new group coming in with George Best and the like, winning that European Cup certainly put them mm. on the map. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for chiming in there, Dino. Well done, Willem. Uh, right. Well, Neil Kilkenny, how's it going over there in Perth? They, He's um, killing it. Yeah. Well, they are killing it. They're just winning everything. They win the AFL, they win the basketball, and now they're going to win the uh, the A-League. So well, we're going to chat to Neil after the break and, and just find out uh, uh, what they've mixed in the water over there in WA, because whatever it is, uh, we want some of it over here. That's next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We've been talking for years on this show about Perth and when they'll finally get it together and, uh, and 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 fulfil the potential that we know the great state of WA has. And it looks like under Tony Popovich this year, they're actually doing it. And a man central to that campaign who has played for Australia at the top level and under-23s. He's played for uh, the junior national teams of both uh, the Republic of Ireland and England as well as a, a decorated career in uh, in England as well before coming over to Australia with first Melbourne City and now Perth Glory. Neil Kilkenny, welcome to Box to Box. How you doing, guys? Yeah, we're really good, mate, but not as good as you. Um, 
You know, just how much uh, do you enjoy football as a, a seasoned professional when you're in a club that uh, that uh, has got the, the vibe that's going on at the glory right now? Yeah, it's good. Uh, obviously, everything becomes a bit better when you're, when you're winning games, you know. So, um, no, it's been it's been a good season so far, and hopefully, you know, we can carry on that now, um, the game to restart. So is there any grubby players who can't get in the team, Neil? Um, it's It's been... Remarkable the the run of I mean you've had very very few injuries as well so it must be still pretty fiery at training uh, people trying to break their way into the team yeah definitely and um, that's what you need um, as a as a successful club um, I've been at successful clubs when I was playing in England and it's always the same that you know trainings are a very good intensity um, everyone's playing for places everyone's pushing each other to the, to the maximum and and that's and that's what it's been you know. I know that everyone will talk about the players that have been playing, but the players that haven't played that much or haven't played as much as they would have liked have been fantastic this season and they've been massive for us to be at the top of the league just as much as, much as the players that actually played every week. Uh, Neil, it's uh, it's refreshing from our point of view. Uh, we watch you each and every week. I think you've had a fabulous season so far and it's good to see yeah. that uh, you're playing with a little bit, well, not quite a smile on your face, but you seem to smile towards the end of the game when you've got the result. But your form's been incredibly good this year and obviously that must be really, um, you know, from your point of view, a real boost from, you know, the disappointment possibly of what happened last season. Yeah, no, it's, it's, been, um, it's been good, um, obviously. Last season um, was frustrating for me, the first six months of the season, you know, um, not playing as many games as I like. But, you know, managers got opinions and that's what happens in football. You have to obviously move on and obviously try and do as well as you can. And I felt um, from January, well, end of January to the end of the season, my form was good. And then obviously I signed here permanently at the end of the season because I knew knew the success of the club was struggling to get. And um, it's, it's been... Um, rewarded so far and hopefully we can uh, carry on with the results that we're getting. And did you have a word in Popper's ear um, when uh, the discussion was going on around Bruno Fornaroli and uh, encourage him that um, he might be able to just add a little bit of uh, firepower to the strike force? Yeah, no, definitely. We've, um, we welcome good players in this team and, and that's what the manager wants. And um, You know, they are obviously asked my opinion. Uh, they asked me about him and I, I, I know that he's a good player and I know he scored goals if, play, if playing. So, um, no, it's been a good. Hopefully, it'll be a good addition. And um, but you know, he has to get in the team first as well because we've got players in the team now that are doing really well, scoring goals, creating goals, and working as a team. So it's been fantastic. And like I said, we welcome uh, good players at the club. Uh, Neil, uh, Rob touched on it in the opener when he introduced you was uh, with regards to the international background you've had playing for England at a youth level along with uh, the Republic of Ireland. And it just brought me back to the Declan Rice situation that's just happened just recently, obviously in England, uh, where the West Ham boy has got in into the first uh, qualifier and come on as a sub and then made his uh, senior debut. And the rang- not so much the wrangling, because I know the new manager of Aero really wanted to keep him and, and build the team around him. So what, what's your views on it? Because obviously you, you've, you've had this experience yourself. Yeah, um, I had, um, you know, an opportunity to play for Ireland when I was younger. That come around with Steve, um, Liam Brady, you know, he was the, the youth team manager at, at Arsenal at the time and obviously um, his Republic of, uh, background. But, you know, I had, I had a decision to make and I chose England at the time when I got the opportunity. I think it was under 17 
And then it got to the age of under-20s where I had to make a decision. You know, I was close to the under-21s. I was playing regularly in the Premier League and there was talk of me getting in the under-21s England team. But um, obviously Australia come calling and I chose to pick Australia in the end and it's been fantastic. You know, I would have liked and I feel I should have had a lot more caps than I had. But, you know, that's one of them things. But uh, like I said, it's down to opinions and um, I've enjoyed my time with the caps that I have got for Australia. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Perth Glory's Neil Kilkenny. Neil, last time we were on the program, we talked about your experience at Birmingham City. Now, we can't let you go without maybe just shedding your views. I know you'll probably be watching the championship uh, and keeping a close on them. The points deduction, if you're a player at Birmingham City, that would be pretty heartbreaking, I assume. Yeah, it is heartbreaking, you know, when you, when you've worked so far so hard during the season. Um, I was at the club when um, Leeds United um, got demoted 15 points, and I, I arrived there, and they were minus 15. So, yeah, it's frustrating, but it's one of them things. Sure is. So, with um, five games to go, um, the uh, the expectation is that you'll finish on on top of the ladder. Uh, knowing uh, Tony Popovich, he uh, he does not uh, make. Um, uh, players do anything but um, perform at their their highest level on the training pitch as well as on the park. So, um, so you know you're well in advance um, with a, with a nine point buffer over over Sydney. Um, what's his um, his temperament around the team and uh, and and the talk uh, to the players? Um, you know within the uh, the environment of the dressing room. Well, he's just basically drummed into us during even through the whole season that is. Um is to take it a game by game, and that's what we've done so far. So, um, and hopefully we can we can carry on that. We've got a hard game on Saturday against uh, Melbourne Victory, so um, and we're looking forward to it. And what about life in Perth, Killer? Um, the uh, down at Cottesloe Beach or across to see uh, the Quokkas from time to time at Rottnest Island? Are you enjoying all the fantastic uh, stuff that Perth has to offer? Yeah, it's a beautiful city. Um, I'm up the other end. I'm at uh, North Beach. Uh, that's where I live. Okay. Yep. My family really enjoy it here, and you know, like I said, it, everything makes it so much easier when when you're winning games, and that's what we're doing so far. And like I said, this, the family have settled really well. Uh, Neil, just uh, one more question. Obviously, um, the, the move to Perth, um, and obviously you've you've had you'll, for me, you're going to have a fabulous, obviously finish to the season, and then obviously it then becomes. You know, like when you win the league, like overseas, uh, and then and, and we obviously have a playoff system here. Is it hard and maybe not so much frustrating that if you win it, then you've got to go through it and actually, ultimately, if it goes wrong, you don't actually get the actual hands on the cup? Yeah, it's, in a way, I find it, I have found it, you know, a bit weird in that sense. Obviously, I feel that the team that wins the league is probably the best team in the country, but obviously here a lot of people think that the grand final winners are the best team in the country. I hear it last year, people say Melbourne Victory are the best team in the country because they won the grand final, but for me, Sydney were the best team over the last two years because they've won the league by quite a distance throughout the season and they've been consistently the best team. So yeah, I find it a bit strange, but you know we know what we're in for. And we have to obviously finish off the season strong, and hopefully we can. If we finish the season strong, we'll go into the moment with the momentum into the fight, the final series, and hopefully, you know, we can then finish the season on a high. But you know, like I said, it take it game by game, and hopefully we, we can win our next game, and then we look forward to the next game after that. Yeah, well, I'd like to see the picture uh, of uh, the Perth Glory, the Perth Wildcats, and the. Um 
the West Coast Eagles altogether as uh, the three Perth title holders because uh, it is some kind of city to be in if you're a sports fan right now with the way things are going on over there. Neil Kilkenny, uh, thanks for your time on Box to Box, mate. We wish you uh, all the best for the back end of the season and um, and enjoy all the good things uh, uh, about being a, a professional footballer at the, the top of the ladder, winning titles and uh, and making sure that um, the fans are, are just uh, cock-a-hoop about, uh, about their side. Thanks, guys. You guys take care. Thank you, Neil. Neil Kilkenny, Perth Glory. All right, well, we're going to take a slightly different tack with um, the uh, ever-combative Michael Lynch to have a yarn about uh, his article during the week. I'm looking combative. forward to it. Because he never pulls a punch, Michael Lynch. That is next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Is box to box on NTS News Talk Sport. Now, Chris Nick, who didn't think that every one of his utterances was uh, being heard by every journalist in Australia after the drawn-out saga of Alan Stadich, he certainly knows that now after the Writers' Festival, where I think uh, in an innocuous response to a question, he mentioned that. Well, he didn't uh, say anything. Hang on, he didn't Michael, say anything people didn't know. Michael, um, I'm uh, just warming to the task. He uh, mentioned that. Uh, Promotion relegation was as far as 2034 out. So to a man who was in the room and who does know all about it, Michael Lynch, you wrote the article while the words were still mere breath in the room. Welcome back to the show, mate. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, well, it was uh, an interesting festival, very valuable, and uh, great credit credence goes to Benita Merciades and uh, the Johnny Warren Foundation for pulling it all together, particularly Benita, who, um, you know, is someone who's... Uh, done a lot of work to further the cause of the game in this country. So as a seasoned journal, when you heard those words, obviously the alarm bells rang and uh, your fingers started tapping the keyboard. Pretty much. I mean, Chris sort of made a speech and then took questions. Before we go any further, actually, I really do think he deserves applaud it and a pat on the back for actually going up there. You know, I mean, he flew up from Melbourne on the Sunday morning couple of hours drive he went into an environment i'm sure he would have known there'd be a fair degree of hostility or skepticism first things first so chutzpah to him for doing it but yeah look um i mean he's correct in the sense that the current a-league participation agreements do provide for licenses up to 2034 although there's also small print in responses to FIFA talking about introducing promotional relegation. But my understanding is that the uh, member member clubs of the A-League do firmly believe that the, uh, the, the extension they were giving in the year 2014 by Frank Lowy, who was still in charge at that time, they, they believe that that still exists. So... In a sense, Chris Nicku was just being technically and loyally. He is a lawyer. He's very much a legal person. So he was pointing to the legal framework uh, that he thought he was operating in. But the problem is the mood music around the game for the last 18 months, two years, has all been about the creation of a second division and eventually promotion and relegation. So... In a sense, he's right, but he was also someone who didn't judge the mood very well by mm. pointing out the absolute kind of letter of the law, which may not even be the letter of the law, because I think the response the FFA did give FIFA at the time when it was queried was that, yes, they will 
they reserve the right to introduce promotion and relegation. But I suspect the feeling is from the clubs is that they were given a guarantee, even though they told FIFA they'd introduce it, they weren't going to. And that's what's created this kind of situation now. Like, So, so Chris, Chris gave that answer in a question uh, asked from the floor by my colleague Simon Hill from Fox Sports. And I, I must admit, I was sort of quite taken aback by the definitive nature of his response. So I actually asked the question again in a sort of very similar but slightly different way to which to which he replied, weren't you paying attention? You know, words <laughs> to that effect. And he re- repeated it. And then I said, well, I'm sorry, mate. I must be a bit thick because uh, I didn't really quite get your answer as being as definitive as that because I could sense this was a story. And I thought, well, I'm going to ask it again just to make sure that he knows Lynchy, what in, he said, and he said it again. So Lynchy, there you are. In this in this program, on this on this program in this room, you've got three very passionate advocates for promotion and relegation. Um, and Dino obviously uh, is a board member of the AAFC, so we'll bring Dean in in, in in a moment. But I've always been okay. Yeah, we want promotion and relegation, but but where's the detail, boys? You know, where is the detail? Um, where is the commercial viability of this? And when you take, when you actually read what Chris said and uh, um, and hear the analysis of people like you who are re- reporting what he said, I mean, I don't see a lot wrong with it. 15 years to establish a second division, to um, expand the A League to 16 clubs to uh, make it commercially viable, allow clubs to bridge the gap. I mean, it's there's a lot to be worked out before we actually get to a point where we could have real promotion and relegation. And the obvious question for me is, what happens when a team from Melbourne is uh, relegated and a team from Sydney is the uh, the next cab off the rank to go in? Do we ignore the geographic franchise model? So There's so many questions to answer that this whole um, outrage over what he said is just it's quite logical as far as I'm concerned. Well, my response is in no particular order would be in the long run we'll all be dead. So let's get on with things first. Um, what happens if a team from Melbourne gets relegated and a team from Sydney gets promoted? Tough, tough titty, yeah, but basically. It, yeah, but tough titty. But, uh, and but no, let me, no, let me stop I, you there, Lynchy. Stop you there because the broadcaster would say, no, we need well, a... Well, the broadcast deal can be structured and organised to take into effect... Um, a whole range of scenarios with different payment schedules. It should be beyond the wit of man to organise that. And who's to say anyway that another team in Sydney might not provide better viewing figures than a team out of Melbourne? If you have a second division, which also has a separate and uh, smaller broadcasting deal, who's not to say that, say, Melbourne Victory got relegated? Well, the TV viewership for the second division would go gangbusters. So you might gain on the swings what you lose on the roundabout. And that's what we were talking about, I guess, Lynchy, is that there's so many questions unanswered. I'll bring Dino in here. What was your initial reaction when you read the comments, Dean? Um, oh, look, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I've heard about the dates, so, so I, was, I was pretty well across that. But, I mean, I think... I mean, there's still a lot of work to do from an AFC, AFC point of view. Um, there is no major rush. I mean, there is dates of been talked about of 2020 now that's that's just a date and just put that on the table whether it's viable or not that's another thing to be discussed but what this country needs and what i still don't understand and i want to go back to every time i talk about this when we uh, went to afc from oceana we agreed that we had to have promotion and relegation 
we also have a different model for the uh, the visa spots. So when like we play the FA, FFA Cup, which I've been involved in many a time, we're playing against A-League clubs that have got five. We've got two. And then you've got some teams in the State League as of last year, Richmond, had 14 visa spots. So where, where's it going? Where, why are we in Asia if we're not going to abide by Asia? And you spend a lot of time, Edge, in Asia, and you say we're a little bit on the nose at times. I don't we blame them. Yeah, I don't blame nose. them. What do you think, Lin Chi? Well, I mean, Australia seems to want to be half pregnant where it comes to Asia, <laughs> doesn't it? You know, it sort of wants some of the benefits, but it doesn't. I mean, it's not just Australia's fault. I do think a lot of Asian countries don't see Australia as part of Asia, but that's a bridge that our football diplomats have to build. My feeling is, and I've been involved in the game professionally here for over 20 years now, everybody in this country finds a way of saying no. It's always no. It's always this won't work. Oh, there's this impediment. And what if a team from Melbourne get relegated? Or what if there's no West Australian team? Well, so what? What if? If you don't ever try anything... I mean, everybody agrees that we're stuck in a morass right now, aren't we? That the game is plateauing, that, you know, I, I, I don't think the Fox ratings are the be-all and end-all because I do think you need to take into account streaming and people watching on mobile devices and the rest of it and KO. But I still feel probably the ratings are not what they were. The crowd's just about level or plateauing. They're not showing any growth. People are bored aren't they? They're bored with the league, they're bored with the teams, they're bored with what it's doing. So if you just keep finding ways of saying no, no, no and this impediment and that impediment and it can't possibly work, you know what will happen? You just talk yourself into irrelevance and in the end it will just wither and die on the vine. So I would rather go for a big bang and uh, really, you know, have a bit of revolution again and, and really try and shake things up. My view would be that I don't think you'll get a second division by 2020. I think you'll get one by possibly 2021, 22, whatever, and expand the A-League by uh, promoting the first four championship champions of the second division and bring it up to 16 that way and then introduce relegation and promotion in the fifth or sixth season. That would seem to me a logical way to go. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talks, but we're talking to the Chief Football Writer of the Age, of course, Michael Lynch, about uh, his, uh, well, explosive article following the Sports the I wouldn't Soccer say Writers it was Festival. Explosive. It was well, a very it was. insightful article. Well, it was explosive for the reaction that it got, that's for well, sure. 25 so, people on Twitter. Uh, no, there's a little bit more than 25 people on Twitter, the way the reaction <laughs> that I saw. But um, if he had his time again, how would you recommend that um, our, uh, our chairman respond to the questions that he was asked? Well, what I think he should have said was been um, more attuned, as I've talked about, to the mood music within the game. Where, rightly or wrongly, the last couple of years, there has been a groundswell of support. We've got FFA board members talking about the need for promotion and relegation. We've got one member, Remo Nogarotto, working with a AASC on the second division working group. So... Within the football community, there is a broad expectation, shall we say, that these things will be implemented within the next seven, eight years, decade max. So to then come out and say, strictly in the letter of the law, and make that your first position, I think was just a bit of an own goal because it didn't recognise the move music. What I think he probably should have said is, that it is the desire of the FFA to implement 
and create a second division within two to three years and have a promotion and relegation structure as soon as feasibly possible. He, he, I think he should have said that. He, should, he would have then been able to say, legally under the participation agreement, the clubs were given by the previous administration a, uh, a guarantee to be in the A-League until 2034. But that was a previous administration. We're a new administration. Also, we're talking about setting up a new company to to run the A-League independently. That may provide a circuit breaker in which we could look at that participation agreement to try and implement this sooner. And I think that would have assuaged all the fears. Mm. He would have looked much more statesmanlike and um, there wouldn't have been this kind of howls of outrage. Yeah, exactly. Well, Michael, um, you uh, explain it uh, extremely well. Um, it was suggesting that he just slipped howls the silk glove. So, well, there were, there were. So, Michael, we're going to... I'm, we're available, gonna... I'm <laughs> available to write, uh, to write speeches at very reasonable length. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're going to chew the fat on this, not the least of which is, uh, yeah, obviously, Remo Nogarotto inserting himself on in, into yeah, this whole thing. Helpful. But, but mate, look, thanks again. You're always uh, fantastic with your time, Lynchy. Well, uh, you know, in the, end, in the end, they ended up looking like red-faced idiots, mm. you know, because they ended up, Two board members contradicting the chairman in, instantly on Twitter, mm. and that's fair enough. I'm I'm all in favour of debate, and then we get the FFA putting out clarificatories three hours later, press releases. It just looks like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. And I, mm. while I, as a journalist, am all in favour of anarchy, so I love it more and more of it, more of it, please. However, I think from the game's point of view, probably probably complicates matters. But I, I like uh, I like anarchy, so I want more of it. It makes for good copy, Lynchy. Hey, we better let you go, mate. Um, thank you. Good on uh, you, Lynchy. You cheers, Lynchy. Never one Yeah, bit. cheers, Lynch. Yeah. Uh, I want, the, I want uh, the next time one of your horses wins, I want to be on, mate. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Right. Michael Lynch, Chief Football Writer of the Age. Thank you, Michael. Well, we're going to talk some football. And he was referring there to one of my horses, which had a win on the week. Had a win uh, just before we went to air. Yes, and uh, and as I, we were also in that same conversation, my, boy, my, my like brother it. Tim and Kieran also had a, a winner at Warwick Farm with Echo Jet. Why'd you win that? Well, I'm not in it, and I didn't even back it. So uh, uh, there you go. Too so stingy, aren't you? Mate, I, I would have backed it. I would have been happily all over it if I knew that uh, it was a chance of winning, but I didn't. So there you go. I found it after the event. Anyway, we're not talking horse racing that's racing dreams timmy's show on sky news on saturday morning this is box to box and we're going to talk more a league after the break dina you've got it all ready to go all ready to go next on box to box hello i'm mr red box to box can you believe it the chemist warehouse home of real brands and real savings and storage king the king of storage moving and more and this could be the most crucial goal of all yeah that was a good yarn with the velvet sledgehammer michael lynch uh I don't know about how much velvet there was in that. The uh, was uh, right off the long run. But uh, we are going to... You guys, you'd like to talk, talk up a bit of controversy when it's officially a storm in a teacup. It really is. In your opinion. We'll talk about it in stoppage time. Yeah, in my opinion. And turns it's not. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> Before we get into the you A-League... You me? I'm not verbaling you, you're verbaling us. Uh, do you, <laughs> did you know it can take up to three weeks before your flu shot begins to protect you, Michael? Ooh, man. Yes, it can, because uh, the government has been... It's going around at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot going around right now. If you were listening to the news uh, uh, today, you would have heard the government have put out a, an announcement that people should get out there and get their flu shots. So arm up against the flu this season with your flu shot. What's from the, the drill? You just, just lob up to Chemist Warehouse at any time? No, you, what you do is uh, you get online to chemistwarehouse.com.au 
you and follow the prompts you make and an you'll find you make an appointment at your local pharmacy you can pay online and then all you've got to do is really turn up so uh, if you want that flu shot it's quick it's convenient it's affordable you don't need to bring in a script as uh, you often need to do when or you do need to do um, when you're uh, seeing a GP the prescription the administration are provided on site by a qualified health professional and this year the quadrivalent strain is only $12.99 so for your health, $12.99, the best investment you'll make. So save the journey time. As I say, get online, simply book, pay online and turn up. Go to chemistwarehouse.com.au forward slash flu. Chemist Warehouse, the lowest prices and the best flu protection vaccination are guaranteed. Dino. Yes, A-League. Uh, seems a long time ago since we, uh, we saw one of those games. But, Looking um, forward to it. Yeah, me too. It's uh, round uh, 23 preview. Uh, the first game right off the top is uh, the Friday game in Brisbane where the Raw uh, are entertaining Sydney FC. I'm quite interested, Edge and Rob, about the ins for Sydney FC. Have you checked that out, Edge? Yes, I have, and I can give them for you. Yeah, give them to us, because yep, so I've had a look, and they're quite tasty. They are very, 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 very tasty. Jop van der Linden, he's promoted. He is. Uh, Josh Berlante, he's promoted. Danny De Silva returns from an elbow injury, but this is the one you've been waiting for. <laughs> this is the one Sydney fans have been waiting for. Sim de Jong. He's back. He's back. Back. Will so he, Will he last more than 25 minutes? Well, we hope so. Um Real top player, real top player. He's been he's been good this season. Um, Do you know what I noticed when I read that? Uh, obviously, that uh, Ben Warland uh, tragically did his uh, ACL, obviously yeah. last match, so he's obviously out. Um, but he joins Trent Bahaja and uh, Chris Zavella. So three ACL injuries for young players at uh, Sydney FC, which is obviously not what you want. And on the flip side, uh, really from also Brisbane Raw's point of view, some big names out with Brent Holman knee, uh, Stefan Mork groin, Jack Hingert knee, uh, Connor they, O'Toole broken leg, Daniel Bowles knee, Dane. Yeah. They do get back Jamie Young uh, from uh, from suspension. So uh, so that that's uh, a good get. But look, I think Sydney... Degostino from, returns from the Ollie Roos Olympic duty. Yeah. Reardon has been promoted and... Lockley Noy has also been promoted, but I no, don't I, think they're going to have enough, do you? No, I don't think. Despite uh, the fact Rob. that uh, it's up there at uh, Brisbane, despite the fact that it's at Suncorp Stadium, uh, Sydney FC will have enough talent to uh, get across the line. They need a win, Sydney. They do. They yeah, they do. Win, well, they've actually. got um, victory hot on the hill, so have, you know, yeah. victory can um, get a result over there in Perth, which I don't think they will, but uh, uh, they would, would leap for them. So you're going to go for a Sydney win? I'm Sydney winning for me. Yeah. So then the, uh, well, the informed team, uh, Wellington Phoenix, play the Newcastle Jets. Yeah, now, this, this, is, this is massive. Yeah, so Newcastle can do themselves a big favour by winning. And they need that um, edge. If, on 26 points, if they were to win and push themselves to 29, they're still not really going to catch up towards Wellington Phoenix. But what it will do, it'll put an unbelievable amount of pressure on Adelaide and Melbourne City. And what's mm. interesting is that Sarpreet Singh gets back into the team after, I like him. from suspension. I actually think he's one of the informed players of the whole comp, let alone Wellington Me fans. too. I like him. And But they do lose Roy Krishna, who's mm. uh, been suspended. Well, that was a spen- silly suspension it as well. Was, yeah, very, very late. Off. Cards, I mean, yeah. I can't actually remember that. I have a yeah. bit of Alzheimer's, yeah. but I can yeah, remember, remember that. That, <laughs> that was silly. <laughs> very Nathan, late in the game. Nathan Burns dropped. That's um, interesting. Yeah, well, he's been... Whenever Singh plays, Burns doesn't. So uh, that's that's why that happens. And at Newcastle, well, they get a host of players back in. Ben Kantorowski, he returns from injury. Ivan Vajuka, who... Did very well for the Oliroos on international duty. Johnny Contrumbus comes back from international duty, and also Joey Chamness, who scored 
goals uh, for the early reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. And just on Johnny Gutrumbus, it's just great to see uh, his, good, yeah, yeah. his return from yeah. his, his health dramas. And, and obviously he was uh, away with the early reason. No, but, um, do you think Newcastle can get a result over there? I really want them to. I want them to. I do. I need them in that top tier. I really want them to, but no, I'm tipping Wellington, Wellington Phoenix to, yeah, end, look, Wellington to end Newcastle's... Uh, I'll be barracking for Newcastle, but Wellington will end their season this week. Well, I don't think it ends it, because I think well, I'd, I still think Adelaide are in free fall. Yeah, let's... So I think I still think there's mm. life in the dog yet, but mm. a draw would be a good result. Well, there's 15 points, points available. There's 15, work, exactly. Yeah, so there's so. still plenty to play out, but look, I'm going to go a draw. Mm, no, Phoenix, Dino. They've got... Uh, that momentum. Um, so, Mark so, Rudin is the, you know, if if, if there's anyone going to um, so Rob's take uh, uh, Popper's, uh, you know, already awarded well, coach Phoenix of the season, be, then uh, Mark Rudin would be the man that would probably get it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, at home. Okay, it? so I'm, I'm the odd one out. So I'll go the draw. Western Sydney Wanderers versus Melbourne City. Now, uh, I, during the week I bumped into a couple of uh, Melbourne City administrators and uh, had a bit of a yak to them and... Uh, just said to them, because I know them quite well. What and did you say to them, Michael? Yeah. I said to them, look, I because I know them really well, I said, hey, boys, I said, I've got three words to say to you, and I want an instantaneous response from you. And they said, oh, yeah, what's that? <laughs> and I said, uh, jokingly, obviously, Cahill kill Kenny Fornaroli. <laughs> what is going on down there? And, uh, of course, uh, I probably can't respond with their response to me. Has Nigel got the beep button ready? Yeah, there was a few beeps in there. But I think that actually sums it up, doesn't it? They've lost those three mm. plays in the last mm. two years. Imagine if they still had those three plays. Tim Cale's probably one that you need to, an outrider, need to probably exclude. But mm. Neil Kilkenny and Bruno Fornaroli would do wonders for that team. But, look, they had a very good win last round against Sydney on a very wet and uh, grisly day up at Leichhardt Oval. So well done to them. They go up. Back up to Sydney to play Western Sydney Wanderers. Western Sydney Wanderers get a host of players back because of the Ollie Roos duty. Um, they get Soterio back from injury. Uh, Bacchus gets back from... Uh, and, and Magic and Mutakalis. Uh, and uh, Melbourne City, uh, they get back Birrigitte, who returns into the squad from injury. They get back Riley McGree. Uh, Dario Vidasic has been promoted. Nathaniel uh, Nathaniel Atkinson. Yeah, I like Atkinson. Yeah, and Lockie Ways. They come back. I like from, Lockie as well. They come back from Olympic duty, and Florin um, Beringer has been promoted. So Jamison's out. Your boy, our, the, the skipper that we love on the radio, uh, he's out, uh, injured, um, and they've omitted four of their younger players, obviously. So Moen City for me. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for City. I, I think there's something in that club. And, uh, you know, ever since um, Jamo came on, uh, we uh, have been seeing a lot more about that club out and making uh, yep. their, their public profile, um, you know. Uh, yeah, for and, me, um, Melbourne and, City. And, yeah, there just seems to be a good vibe around the place. I so I think uh, Warren Joyce has a little more life in the old dog just yet. I'm, I'm going for Melbourne City too. Um, just a bit of a query over how those players will pop up, come up after the Olympic duty, uh, international duty, but yeah, mm. Melbourne City for me. Uh, per- so Neil was playing a little bit of a straight bat with us tonight. He was, I he think, was. Earlier. yeah, I absolutely. Didn't, uh, didn't give us uh, too much. Yeah, but, it's a big um, game against Victory because this, uh, I don't think it leaves the door ajar, but if Victory were to win and Sydney were to win, then obviously it pushes on, but I still think it, they've got one hand, if not two hands on the... Yeah. Premier's plate, um, as opposed to winning the whole thing. So the next game is the most probably the game of the round, Perth Glory against well, Melbourne Victory. Well, I think that's uh, that's going to be a high-scoring game. Victory will look like the winner at some point, but Glory will win. Yes, I'm, I think I'm going Glory as well. 
Well, I'm tipping Melbourne Victory to win. Melbourne Victory for Edge. These are Terry is back in the team. Thomas Ding returns from international duty. James Donerkey returns from suspension. And and Cam Sober, who I rate, is uh, returning from injury. I think they've got enough in the locker to get over the top of Perth Glory. But with a week's break, Honda will improve. Last but not least, Central Coast Mariners to beat Adelaide. Yeah, I think we've only got time for a selection, Michael. So uh, uh, I think um, Adelaide will... uh, Keep their season alive and win that game. I'm tipping Central Coast Mariners to win. I think uh, Oof, the ins Edge there and are Dino big. together. I'll tell you one Oof, player that's going not, on there. One player that's not playing is Ken Ilso, who uh, okay. with his positive drug test during the week. Yeah, Let's talk about uh, that in stoppage time as well. Yeah, exactly. All right, after the news, second edition news, football style with uh, Willem van Dender and Rob Tanner from the Leicester Mercury is going to talk Birmingham. We're going to talk all of the European action from the international break. And, of course, we will wrap it up with stoppage time as we always do. That's after the news on Box to Box. Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving at Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back to Box to Box, second edition news with Willem van Dander and shortly including Socceroos Central. Our mate Rob Tanner from the Leicester Mercury, the Blue Noses, Birmingham. What a shocking uh, result for them this week. Getting, uh, what, nine points deducted from them for... Uh, Financial irregularities, absolutely. Um, as Michael Edgley is talking in the background, saying, "Cop that, brother." Yes, I could hear you, lady in the distance. Europe with Dino, and then stoppage time. Willem, um, you got a stack of uh, international news for us. Uh, before we talk about the international news for soccer essential for the Green and Gold Army, uh, why don't we just talk about uh, a little bit about the Matilda squad? Okay, well, Socceroos and Matildas Central. Yeah, yeah so Socceroos and Matildas, probably for the next uh, few months, mm. actually, as we mm. lead in. Uh, I just wanted to, obviously, make note, uh, since our last show, the Matilda squad was announced uh, for the match-up against uh, the United States. Believe it or not, the Matildas are playing the USA at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Yeah. <laughs> Dick's Sports Goods Park in uh, Commerce City in Colorado. But w- what was interesting was a few, a few players were left out that were... A bit of a surprise, and some players put into the team were a little bit of a surprise. And I just want to name a couple for the listeners at home who got into the team, and they obviously want to have a good look. One is Tegan Micah, who's a goalkeeper who's been playing at UCLA in the USA. Um, She's coming to the end of her university time, uh, college football, which allows her now to be selected for the... uh, for the Matildas, and she'll get an opportunity, no doubt, and she's going for that third spot goalkeeping position. She's a bit of a gun. UCLA, one of the top uh, college football teams in women's football. We all know how strong college football is in America. The other one that's uh, worth noting is Elizabeth Ralston from Sydney FC, who's yet to make a debut for the Matildas. She's been called up. They're going to take her to have a bit of a look. She's a central defender, so they must be a little bit worried about Laura Alloway's fitness, because she'll be a, a backup for theirs. So there are a couple of players that have Got a bit of a go, Willem. And uh, that game, believe it or not, is on Friday, the 5th of April, Australian Eastern Daylight Time, uh, a seven, a 12.30pm on, on Friday. It's a 7.30pm kickoff on the Thursday night at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. When Graham it, Kennedy would have loved that, wouldn't he? What he would did Dick do? Dick did? So, yeah, not too many Socceroos in action for the international break. But it's been reported Tommy Urich might be looking to reignite his career in Indonesia, of all places. He's played just once for Lutzen this season, and Persib Bandung in the Indonesian top tier have been linked with Urich. While he may be on the move, Josh Belante will be staying at Sydney FC for the remainder of the season. He'd looked highly likely to join Pohang Steelers in Korea and had sat out recent Sydney fixtures while negotiations were ongoing. 
Unfortunately for Josh, the deal has fallen through. And I think that's a real shame. We see too many players go off to Europe or overseas too early. Josh did that earlier in his career. He's come back and put in a really solid, long A-League apprenticeship. And I think he was ready to take the next step. So I think it's a shame that's fallen through. And I reckon that uh, Sydney FC were put a blocker on it because they reckon they weren't going to get enough money for him. But I think it's because they need him in the team. Uh, actually, I think they looked at uh, their their Asian Cup fixtures and also uh, the run home in uh, the A-League, and I think they need him in the team. Do you think they pay for it in the long run? I mean, we've seen that happen in the past where players... Uh, we famously remember um, Archie Thompson blowing up when he couldn't get his transfer to uh, the Netherlands. It never worked out for him, but he um, he wasn't happy for a long while there. Well, interesting to see. Brianti, believe it or not, uh, he's back in the team this week, so maybe they've patched it up. Time will tell. Aaron Moy and Huddersfield are facing an unwanted record in the Premier League this weekend with confirmation of relegation a possibility. It's all a little bit hypothetical, but if Huddersfield lose and Burnley and Southampton win their matches, Huddersfield will become the first team since 2007-2008 to be relegated before the end of March. The last side to do so was Derby County. Unfortunately, Dino's not on this segment to defend himself. You know, we might ask you about that later, but they've already uh, beaten Derby's points total of that um, infamous year, uh, from what I understand. <laughs> just rub- so, he's yeah, just rubbing it in. Rob's <laughs> just rubbing it in. Rams. So, <laughs> some huge news here, boys. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been appointed Manchester United boss on a permanent basis. His turnaround of the club since Jose Mourinho's departure has been nothing short of remarkable. They've won 14 of 18 under their interim boss, including their famous second-leg victory against PSG in the Champions League. Not only that, the club legend has brought the joy back to the club and couldn't have done a much better job to get uh, a better job to get the position permanently, and it's now been made official. Wow, that's uh, that is big news and uh, not unsurprising, Rob. Ologana Sunshire, very very famous. Uh, son of the Manchester United club, and uh, he's going to take them into the future full-time. I think it's a good decision. I think it's, I think a good it's decision, just had to yeah. be confirmed. Man no, United uh, fans will love that. Yeah, well, look, whoever would have potentially replaced him would have been on a hiding to nothing anyway, really, because, uh, um, you know, the, the, it wasn't just what was going on on the park. It was the entire cultural um Shape uh, of the of the club that uh, that shifted, wasn't it? Really, they mm. uh, they got their mojo back. Mm. Yeah, well, they certainly did. Hey, Rob, can I ask you a question about? Not the a sign of fat bastard to be seen, <laughs> no, or Doctor Evil for that yeah. matter. Hey, can I ask you a question about the other Roos? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Australia needs to finish in the top three, uh, make the semi-finals, and uh, if Japan makes the semi-finals, they can make the top four and uh, go through to the Olympics because obviously mm-hmm. Japan being the host nation, yeah, yeah. They, they get there. So the, the countries we're competing against, Thailand, obviously the hosts, mm-hmm. uh, Qatar, Bahrain, Iraq, United Arab Emirates, Jordan, Uzbekistan, North Korea, South Korea, Japan, China, Vietnam, Iran, S- Syria, Saudi Arabia, and obviously Australia. We need uh, to get through our group win it quarterfinal, get into the semifinals, hope Japan make the semifinals too mm. to get through to the Olympic Games. Do you think we can? Yeah, I think we can. I mean, look, uh, for too long we've uh, we've been the... Haven't the done nilly... it since 2008. Exactly, the nilly men. Um, and we famously remember when uh, Jackson Irvine was the, the mm. captain last time round and we were so disappointed to, to just miss out. Uh, the Olympics, for me, I, I, I understand why... The uh, the format is what it is because of uh, you know the need not to dilute the World Cup. Uh, it's uh, a it's just an event that we we all 
you know, the, the entire Australians world love it, has its eyes on every... Well, the entire world does, don't they? Yeah. So, so um, yeah, look, uh, I just hope that Arnie can manage um, the, the priorities uh, that, that he has with, uh, you know, the World Cup and, and the Olympics. I what just, do you think, I, Willem? I just don't think that um, it's, a, it's a good fit right now. I think one player who looked in super touch out of that Oli Roos uh, tournament was Nick D'Agostino. I think he's a super talent and he's been a real victim in the A-League of the foreigner system. Yes, I think yeah. most clubs obviously choose to use one of their... Well, quite a few of their five visa spots in attack and he's been limited throughout his career to 20 minutes here half an hour here I think with Brisbane not doing much this season I think five or six starts at the back end of the season he's really emerged yeah, isn't he and he obviously he scored two goals against uh, Korea Republic uh, on Wednesday evening Tuesday evening I should say yeah. we'll just head back to Europe after two years in the football doldrums Italy have started their Euro 2020 qualifying campaign with back-to-back wins a 2-0 victory over Finland was followed by a 6-0 demolition of Liechtenstein. Fabio Quagliarella became Italy's oldest international scorer at the age of 36. At the other end of the scale, Moise Keane, uh, the 19-year-old Juventus forward, has become the youngest player to score for Italy in more than 60 years. Now, just on Keane, his father has now come out and said he brokered a deal with Juventus to keep the, him at the club as a junior in exchange for goods he's yet to receive. Hmm. A little bit of Melbourne Storm about this one. His father believes <laughs> he is, boat? he's owed two tractors. <laughs> they, they now won't take his calls or give him tickets to the matches. Oh, what? Maybe he needs to talk to Greg Inglis's dad because uh, the boat certainly turned up in two his tractors. driveway, that's for sure. But uh, I, I, so look, what when, was the story when, there, Greg Inglis? He got a boat, did he? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, the, the, the anecdotal story is that... Uh, that the the, the, con- the contract a tinny? was just being done. No, it was more than a tinny. Yeah, that uh, he uh, he's just about to sign uh, the contract and and they've got it ready to go. And he goes, oh, and I want a boat for my dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get him a boat. And uh, yeah, so you just got to read the book Storm Cloud by Paul Kennedy. It, uh, so, it is a good what else uh, did story. He get? Oh, a lot of money. But uh, look, back to football in Italy. Quagliarella, 36 year old, two penalties. Uh, Football is not the same when the Italians are not involved in it. I don't care what sort of uh, style they play. but There's the... a lot of expectation around the Matildas going really well at the Women's mm. World Cup. We play Italy mm. in the first game, yeah. and they haven't, uh, they've haven't. they scored, uh, on average, about four goals in each of their mm. friendly games they've been playing. So, um, yeah, Italy, uh, we will run into them at the World Cup again. Okay, well, the, um, but the girls, well, well, we know they're the Azzurri. What we'll have to find out. Do a little bit of homework in the in the ad break. Um, just double-check what their nickname is. Well done, Willem. All right, we're going to talk to Rob Tanner after the break. We normally talk to Rob about the Premier League. This time around, it's his blue nose is Birmingham. Uh, what a story that is. We'll talk to Rob about that next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal yes. of all. Welcome back to Box to Box. And uh, we've been talking about this story from the top of the show. And um, our mate Rob Tanner from the Leicester Mercury is here to break down the Birmingham City deduction of nine points. Welcome, Rob. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's... <laughs> I, I could put a Birmingham accent on, but I know Tadouka, he's got a Rob very sent, good one. Rob uh, sends his apologies. He said a dodgy bovril. No, <laughs> no, 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 look, Rob does to all our great listeners. He's uh, He's been fantastic for us for, for what, nearly five years now, and uh, he's been caught up in the middle of a story that he's got a deadline for, and unfortunately, even though we have been uh, uh, preparing to have him on, uh, he is unavailable. So cheerio to you, our good friend Rob Tanner. And so what Rob would say to you, Rob, is, am you doing? 
Exactly, <laughs> you would. Okay, so the story is this. Birmingham City, and I'm reading off the top of the um, the BBC Sport uh, story, which is headlined, Birmingham City deducted nine points for EFL profitability and sustainability rule breaches. So Birmingham City, the Blue Noses, have been deducted nine points by the EFL. Following the sanction, Blues drop from 13th to 18th in the championship, five points above the relegation zone. So it goes like this. The EFL said the Blues incurred losses of nearly 48.8 million pounds between 2015 and 2018. That is almost 10 million more than the accepted adjusted losses of 39 million pounds over a three-year period. So there is a minimum, a maximum, I should say, amount over a three-year period of 39 million pounds of of acceptable losses. So in terms of uh, this particular story and financial fair play, Given that Birmingham are the first club to be deducted points since the EFL introduced the new profitability and sustainability regulations at the start of the 2016-17 season, um, you know, is this about uh, fairness? Uh, is this about bad management? Is this about who has more power and influence in football in the, this world? Because you know, we know that uh, that football is more important than. Um, than you know, uh, most things in life to people who live around uh, uh, the, uh, the city of Birmingham, and uh, and this is going to really, really um, cut deep. Look, look, it is. I mean, I've got family, uh, big family um, from Small Heath. That's where my granddad and my nan were from, and that's where my mum was born. Uh, in fact, one of my best friends as well, Steve Smith, lived one street down the road, so he's from Small Heath Not as well. Not only that, Steve Smith. That's the Steve Smith who scored 63 goals for Preston Lions in the national. I yeah, thought it so wasn't he, the same Smith for my saying. 63, by the way. Captain. 63. He was a prolific goal scorer. Was our smudge. He um, was playing for North Macedonia before he knew it. <laughs> Um, so look, it's 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 obviously the sec- second biggest city in Britain, as we all know. Uh, down to earth, obviously London being the biggest. It's got two big football teams in Birmingham City and Aston Villa. So for me, uh, my dad started his career there, so it was very influential in his life. And you know, he was fortunate enough to play two finals while while he was there, an Intercity Fairs Cup against Inter Milan, which they got done over in uh, two legs but also he had a little bit of revenge back in uh, 63 which is the one that they did win when they beat Villa 3-1 over two legs and it was 31,000 at uh, at St Andrews and then at Villa Park it was 37,000 so it's um it's pretty close to home for me and you know I always have a spot soft spot for for Birmingham Ed you and I have been so, there so tell many us how times. so tell us uh, you have at St yeah, Andrews Park been, are they, yeah. the the locals how are they going to react to this they'll, they'll be bleeding. not very well they'll be bleeding they mm. will and then look at so they were they were still fighting for you know a spot in the top 6 but to, also don't forget they've got the problem with the pitch invader who smacked yes. uh, Grisham too so yeah. that, that's going to come up too so yeah Really sorry. Um, so there, there could be some damage there as well. And look, and, and they've obviously they've been tight with the money. I mean, there's obviously been money spent, as you just pointed out there, mm. Rob. And 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 if they were to get relegated, it would be. Mm. I think there's. I think they've got enough points in the bank because I just don't think the the bottom two are down. But the third one might be able to get out of it. But I still think they'll be there for next year. But what worries me, I don't know. How does how long does this effect go? They get this deduction now. Are they now trading as a normal organisation? Well, they've got to now meet the criteria um, of um, the financial uh, fair play. Uh, well, it's it's not as the financial fair play. Um, that we know within the the Premier League, it's more that the um, the EFL's own rules and regulations around uh, 
the the management of that competition and the sustainability of that competition. So as they got to pay the bills on time, basically. Yeah, well, pretty much. And mm. it does go back to to you know Harry Redknapp and Gianfranco Zola when they, when um, they spent a lot of money and then sacked. And then there was a, a recent signing of uh, of Christian Pedersen, but the panel decided that his signing in the summer of 2018 should not be in inverted commas treated as an aggravating factor in the case. But the club, uh, you know, w- knew w- what was happening when he was registered as a player, and uh, you know there was oral evidence that he accepted the club's senior finance officer had informed him by email that the club could not sign new players. So you know, there, there's there's suggestions. That, who is this? Point, who is this directed at? Well, this is directed at the management of the club. Okay. Yeah. So the manager, like I'd like to talk about Gary Monk just mm. for a minute. Uh, and you've always talked about Gary Monk. Don't forget. Oh, I, I sorry, like before you talk about Gary Monk, don't forget this is the 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 people that own Birmingham City also mm. own a big chunk of Western Western United. Mm. Mm. So let's not. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So okay. let's, let's not. This is an interesting development. It is very interesting mm. now. But Gary Monk, I mean, played at uh, Swansea, then took the manager's role. He's had a, a, a little go at Leeds um, that didn't most probably work out. Gone to Birmingham, and I think's done for for what he he's well, had. Didn't he? He's done very well, you know, to be in a position for to sign players. Yeah, and, and look, I think he's a good young manager, and I think he was cutting his teeth there. I've listened to him after his interviews; he's really polished, and I just think he's one of these really good up and coming. Young managers that just need a bit more time in the game. But after we saw what happened to Leeds, you know, where they were, uh, you know, a, a mighty club for so long, and then uh, you know, poor financial management, uh, you know, pretty much put them, uh, um, you know, in the doldrums for the better part of two decades. Well, it can it? do, absolutely yeah. can. I mean, it, and it's affected quite a lot of clubs over the journey. Mm. Um, well, the key for them is not to get relegated and just sort of rebuild on uh, on next season, because I mean, Daniel will agree here. There is there's clubs and there's clubs. This, this mm. is a real football club. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's well, you just when you watch games, you, you, uh, you, you can just yeah, see it's it's pulsing cannot, the atmosphere. You isn't cannot it? play for them and mm. not be fully committed passionately and emotionally to the club. Uh, mm. I, I, mm. There's a there's a series called Peaky Blinders, so a lot of our listeners will have heard. I've of I've only this. ever heard good things about uh, that it's series. It's a fabulous show. The first one's slow. It's, it's the first set. It's, it's, we're into the fourth series. We just yeah, started what, the fourth what, series. What era? It's sort of like it's a, a, the you know, a an underworld kind of. Do you know that right? Like a like an underworld crime. Yeah, they are. They were a firm. And they ran it, and uh, there was a family. What like, does the term Peaky Blinders mean? Okay, the Peaky Blinders would have a cap uh, that was like a flat cap, mm. but with a, with a little bit of a bridge on the front. Mm. But they used to have razor blades in that, and that's when they used to slash the opposition and mm. people of the... I mean, I know it's a bit gruesome, but this is fact. And uh, and that's why they'd be called the Peaky Blinders. Um, and that's from Birmingham. Birmingham, Birmingham yeah. boy, Small Heath. And, yeah, and, and even on the series, they talk still about Luge's support, Birmingham or Villa. It's yeah. even even in the show, mm-hmm. back yeah. way back in 1920s. Yeah. So, look, it's a fabulous show. It's, it's, if you have not watched it, you, you've got to at least watch the first two. And then once you work out the accents and you can understand mm-hmm. what they're saying, it's really, really good. Yeah, well, my younger brother, Kieran, and dad uh, we've got to wrap it up edge but uh, they both just watched it they almost i don't think my dad is an 85 year old has binge watched anything <laughs> but he stayed with the younger brother kieran down in canberra and uh, and he got him onto it and uh, and the old man was binge watching peaky blinders it's, so, it is, so, it's a cracker yeah, no, he loved it we've been uh, waiting for series four and it's just come out so uh, well edge you and i've got a lot to be catching up on. we do okay yeah. gentlemen ro- cheerio to our mate rob tanner sorry we couldn't talk to you tonight apologies to our listeners who were looking forward to hearing rob uh, but um, we tried to do the best we could <laughs> To, to, to make up for that. Well, we're going to talk more Europe next. Um, we're going to go through the entire uh, uh, 
uh, international weekend that was or week that was and uh, and uh, take a look ahead to this week's uh, championship and uh, and Premier League. Okay, that is next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? For Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, welcome back to Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We are going to talk Europe, but before we do, we're going to talk Storage King. They are the best in the storage business. The kings of storage moving in more, aren't they, Dana? They certainly are. Yeah, they're the only place to go, really, because, uh, you know, whilst there's a lot of competitors out there, some other big brands and um, privateers, etc., you can store anywhere. But if you want to store where you're going to get the best service, the best price, all the best uh, around storage, then uh, you would only go to one place, and that is the kings of storage and moving and more. So whether you're moving your house, you're downsizing, renovating, relocating, the office is too small. If you're running an online business and you don't need a shop front, uh, it's just the way of the modern era that... Uh, so many businesses we prefer to shop online e-commerce is uh, what it's all about uh, yes we do go into stores and big department stores are still there but the convenience of shopping if you're running a business and you need to store that product you've got to get into storage king and find the answer they've got the storage professionals to make life easy they are the kings of storage moving in more so get to storageking.com.au to find your nearest store so, Dino, we've got um, a lot of uh, European action on we the have. weekend. How well are uh, England going? Are they just... Uh, uh, can I, can I the... just jump in and, and ask Dino a question about English football first? Yes. How do you think uh, England's going generally at the moment? Unbelievably well. Since they, uh, they built the new, uh, the new home um, yeah. in Burton, I think that, that was always a a seed that was planted there to start to produce footballers St. and George's Park. St George's Park and have an environment to produce good well, players you... and if you look at our 17s our 19s our 20s our 20s you say now you say yeah, now no no I, I did notice yeah, that. yeah based on that they have they've, they're just producing now great players right. and they're in good they're in good place really good place well moment. what about this so what do you think this says when you've got these institutions without Chief executives all looking for new chief executives. The professional footballers associations looking for a chief executive after Gordon Taylor, believe it or not, 38 years in the job, yep. finally said he's leaving. Ex Birmingham City player. Only took 200 players uh, of the Premier League players to sign a petition to ask him to leave. Yeah. Um, the PFA, uh, the Premier League, Richard Scudamore, they haven't found a replacement for him. The Football Association CEOs resigned, they haven't found a replacement for him. And the EFL, the championship, the organisation that runs all of those leagues. They're looking for a CEO. So, Rob, plenty of jobs there you can apply for. Yeah, well, why not? You're, you're more qualified than anyone I know to apply for. Isn't that amazing? Those four organisations all looking for a chief executive yeah, it is. all at the same time. And it's a bit of a cycle, isn't it? It's like one goes and then they all drop off. Um, Big change also, in English football. A lot of those people that have been running those organisations, particularly Taylor and Scudamore, you're talking over 30 years of stability. Just an interesting little anecdote for Dino to reflect uh, on I think as he pontificates of how, how strong English football is. I think mm. the Premier League itself, um, it, it, they had an opportunity back in 91 before the Premier League started to just be a unique league of those 20 teams. It wasn't to be. They always wanted to have promotion and relegation, which then brings me back to what happens in Australia. We need that as well. And that's, and that's for me... Um, one of the best decisions they made, and it gives all these clubs this Don't disagree, appetite. But different. Yeah, it is, it is, but it shouldn't be different. Just like America, it shouldn't be different. 
we should be doing it the right way, and we haven't done it for a long time. I've got another item for you too. Can I can I can I jump in again? Well, got, when he, well, why does he ask? Because he just jumps in whenever he likes. I anyway, want you so. to know that. How about this? The old Brexit's been pummeling the pound, and Tottenham manager Mauricio Pochettino referred to the weak pound as one of the reasons his side failed to sign any plays in pre-season or the January transfer window. Compared to the and com, compared uh, Tottenham's plight to the impacts of Brexit. Well, I tell you, crash. I tell you, a player he uh, he has signed. Do you know what? Uh, know who he signed? Mauricio Pochettino, his son, who played for Spurs in the. First game hit out at the new uh, White Hart Lane ground during the week. There you go. There you go. It was announced as Maurizio Pochettino coming on to... Uh, now, on to, more, on to more poignant... Ex, uh, so you don't uh, think the Brexit's a problem for football? Uh, look, it's not going to... Well, Man United don't think so. They're spending like it's going out of fashion from what we're hearing this week. So... Um, I think from an England point of view in Group A, after uh, a great I can't start. Can't shake him tonight, can I? No, no, no. I mean, let's talk about Europe. I mean, that's uh, it's the Euro qualifiers: England, Bulgaria, one and two, um, a five-nil win, and a disappointing five-nil win in Montenegro. Not because of the performance; it was outstanding, but also the crowd and and what came with it. So, again, a lot. Well, Montenegro went hit, went up. Oh, they did, mm. and uh, you know, very early, but a great response and. And Declan Rice made his full time, full term uh, debut, and uh, he was outstanding for me. Was man of the match. Group B was interesting. Uh, it's interesting to see Portugal after two games, only on two points, after a one-one draw with Serbia and a nil-nil draw with Ukraine. So and. Um, Ronaldo limped off, uh, I think it was with a with a slight pull, but should be back in two weeks for the Champions League. Uh, Group C, Northern Ireland had that. <laughs> Northern Ireland had that on six points ahead of the Netherlands, Germany, Estonia and Belarus. Uh, the Netherlands uh, beat Belarus 4-0. Uh, Northern Ireland beat Estonia. Then the big game for that particular group was in the Netherlands against Germany. Um and Netherlands at home got beat to the Germans, which was quite a surprise. But uh, Germany and Estonia have a game in hand. In they do. Group, they they do. Yeah, certainly do. But Northern Ireland got them on, on, on the board, which is interesting. So from one island, or Northern Ireland now to Group D, Ireland, they topped the group as well with six points. With Switzerland, Denmark, Gibraltar and Georgia. Uh, Republic of Ireland won in Gibraltar 1-0 and also won 1-0 at home to Georgia where the great game against Switzerland and Denmark where Switzerland were 3-0 up and Denmark had an unbelievable comeback to draw 3-3 very, very late in the game. So Well, we know all about the Danes. We certainly do. Um, one of my favourite groups, Group E. Um, Croatia. And why is it your favourite group? Uh, I think as Wales are just in and around it as well. So Azerbaijan, uh, they actually pushed Croatia quite hard in the first game, 2-1. Uh, Slovakia beat Hungary 2-0. Wales then won 1-0 against Slovakia. And then the shock for me of the round was Hungary beat Croatia 2-1. So, and what a competitive group that is because is. Wales have got a game in hand. Uh, as do Azerbaijan. So they're on three points with Slovakia, Croatia and Hungary. So the world's doing well. Yeah, yeah, good little start. Uh, This is an interesting group. Spain, Sweden, Romania, Malta, Norway and Faroe Islands. Uh, Spain got off to a flyer with uh, six points and Sweden uh, in four. But Romania are the ones most probably going to be the ones that are going to push. And and I'm not sure really. Norway went down 2-1 but then also drew 3-3 with now, Sweden. Now, I'm going to ask you a question without notice. Yeah. 
um, uh, why are there six teams in that group and there's, you know... Uh, it's all graded. Mm. It goes from five, there's, there's fives and sixes. It's yeah, all mixed so and matched. So you've got Group G, so Group G, Poland. Group I, yes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all mixed. So there's, no, there's never group more J. than five, five and there's uh, no more than six. Mm-hmm. So Poland and Israel lead Group G uh, with... Good old Israel. With... Uh, North Macedonia. <laughs> North Macedonia. Northern Macedonia. I've North. got a friend, Zlady Angelovsky. What a great man Zlady is. He is from Northern Macedonia and a very proud Northern Macedonia. Uh, Slovenia, Austria and it's Latvia. Only, it's only new that they've been able to call themselves. It is, that. it is. Uh, but Poland off to a good start and they should be most probably right up at the, the head of the group. And as we all know, Israel's not a good, an easy place to go and uh, play, you know, against or, certainly reasons. away. Um, <laughs> but they've had a great, you know, they've picked up the, their um, four points and uh, the second in the group. Group H, interesting, is France and Turkey lead with six points each with Albania, Iceland, Andorra. And, and Mold- Albania ahead of Iceland on, yeah. on points. Uh, on a goal difference. Goal difference. So, 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 uh, yeah, the, um, the, how the mighty have fallen. Well, the Albania-Turkey game, that would have been most probably interesting where with a 2-0 win for Turkey and then Turkey turned over Moldova that's uh, for them just ahead the group with France with a 4-0 win um, against right, Iceland yeah, yeah. And, and then obviously a 4-1 Moldova uh, Group I we're nearly towards the end of this now is the Belgium Cyprus Russia Kazakhstan and Scotland all on three points. Scotland, uh, a couple of embarrassing uh, results. Can so. we talk about the Kazakhstan? Yeah, yeah. but they bounced back the against goals, San Marino. Though? Did you see the goals? Yes. Dino. Did yes. you see no, the goals? No, they were very good. No, no, well, we were outstanding goals. outstanding goals. They were. They got beat. They did. No, no, I'm talking about for Kazakhstan. No, no, yeah. Scotland got beat. Well, it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, I feel for um, the manager. I mean, it's it's always hard when you get turned over like that. They, as we know, we listen to uh, talk sports, and it's it's been really hot on the press. Um, but Belgium had the group. Yeah, well, especially on. when there's so many um, Scotsmen uh, who the, are uh, on on that uh, that radio station yeah. from Allen Brazil, Ali McCoist, etc. So poor old Alex McLeish, uh, you know he. Uh, yeah, they try he to protect might, He might go in the next 24 hours mm, as mm. it as we're listening. Yeah. And then Group J, bringing it to a close, is Italy on top with six points, eight goals and uh, eight goal difference. Greece on four, Bosnia and uh, well actually tied with Greece, and then we comes in with Finland on three, Armenia and Liechtenstein. Okay. We then move to the Premier League. No games last week. Uh, the big games for me is definitely the Tottenham and Liverpool versus Tottenham. Well, that's the thing. If you look Anfield, at the run home, so Liverpool up until Anzac Day, um, that's when City played the catch-up game. But uh, the 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 two of them have got uh, remarkably different um, runs home. Run so Liverpool do. will play Spurs and Chelsea, while uh, City have got Fulham and Cardiff. So. Uh, I, I'm really starting to little, get um, a little bit worried for uh, Liverpool's run home. Uh, um, Liverpool are feeling a bit. Liverpool are still a bit down about it, Rob. Not down, just the squeaky bum type syndrome. I think is what uh, I'm referring to. Liverpool's got two big games. This is one of them. If they win the title, they will have earned it. Put it yeah, they way. will. Um, I think. Well, Man City play Fulham earlier, so obviously they'll they'll have the points in the bag and then go back top. And I and I'm they reckon that there was a bet put on where it's one to. Eight. Eight. I mean, that's never been for a away team to win a game of football of one to eight. Uh, the other games in there at the 
Bottom end is a Brighton over Albion against uh, Southampton. Three points uh, between them, even though Brighton do have a game in hand. Mm. I think Leicester and Bournemouth, you know, have got something to play for, but it's just those places. Um, And then the other one most probably that's of interest is West Ham and Everton. So Mm. apart from that, the top of the table is Liverpool on 76, Manchester City on 74, Tottenham on 61. Arsenal on 30, Man United on 58 and Chelsea on 57. At the bottom of the table, um, just above the relegation zone. For me, the, the team's fighting it out. Newcastle need one more win for me. So basically saying Huddersfield and Fulham are down. They're down. And uh, and it's and it's a, it's a fight between Cardiff, Burnley and Southampton. Um, and we're sort of scratching out Brighton because they've got the game in hand. Crystal Palace possibly, but probably not. Yeah, I think Newcastle are safe if they get another victory. And then you're quite right, Rob. It's Palace, Brighton, Southampton, Burnley and Cardiff fighting out for that relegation third spot. Then the Championship. Uh, So again, they didn't play either, obviously, through to the international weekend. We start off on the Friday with a West Brom, Birmingham, West Midlands derby. Uh, But the big news, obviously, as we all know, is the Birmingham deduction. So from being pretty well, almost a sniff, just for a very, very late run to get into the playoffs. It's now got their one eye over their shoulder mm. for the for the relegation. Because if you look at the bottom three as it stands, they've lost nine points. They've gone from fifty nine sorry, so from fifty points down to forty four. And the Millwall are on thirty seven and have also got a game in hand. So that goes to forty. So it gets all really tight. So it, they could be in a lot of trouble. Could be in a lot of trouble. So that's the that's the first game off the, and then the the, the other one that's most probably Sheffield United Bristol City. And that's Bristol City more for trying to get a promotion place. Mm-hmm. Sheffield United trying to get the automatic promotion. And last but not least, it's this is interesting. Middlesbrough in fifth against Norwich in first. The gap is mm-hmm. twenty points. It's massive, yeah, isn't it? Uh, so. And just just finish there. Norwich, Sheffield, Leeds, West Brom, Middlesbrough, Villa are the top six, and the bottom three are Ipswich, pretty well down, Bolton, pretty well down on 29, and then it's Rotherham, Reading, Millwall, Wigan, and now possibly Birmingham City that will fight out that last place. So that's all the news in Europe. And our old mate um, Gary Bowyer, Bradford. Um a couple of, uh, a couple of results that uh, were not quite what we'd hoped for. So uh, so they need a win this week. Yeah, so they're on 36 points and they're six points away from safety. So there's still time. Yeah, good luck, Gary. Yeah, good luck, guys. Right. Well done, Dino. Okay, stoppage time next. We're going to prognosticate on a few different things. Uh, we're going to go back to that promotion relegation story and uh, we'll find some time for one or two other things. That Flogging is... a dead horse. No. He's a horse is very well alive and um, might not be winning like yours and my brother's horses, but it's an alive horse and it needs to be discussed. And it will be in stoppage time on Box to Box. Hello, <laughs> I'm Mr. Ed. <laughs> box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. It's been a great show tonight. Really enjoyed it. We did have a good chat to our mate Michael Lynch at the top of the program. And um, 
Yeah, there's a certain individual in this room who seems to think that um, that you know Dean and I are um, you know overcooking this story that uh, we're no, making Dean's a mountain not, out of are. a molehill. <laughs> no, all right. Well, Dean, am I or not? I'll ask you directly. I I, I sort of assumed that uh, you were somewhat on on my side that when the the chairman <laughs> uh, makes um, remarks that uh, the press climb all over and uh, and then he gets a couple of uh, members of his own board um, hopping into him on Twitter that it is a story. Dean look, Hennessy, look at it. Look at it. I mean, look, I, I know Chris um, and I've spent quite a bit of time with Chris over recent months um, and I like him very much. I think he's a straight shooter. He's, he's honest. He's, and, and that's most probably that's too honest of, for his own good. It could well be. But you know what? Part of, that, too honest for you? part of that can be quite refreshing that you actually tell it the way it is. But I think I think that was just towing the party line. I accept that. I understand it. But the whole thought process for promotion and relegation is a massive subject, not just for what we discuss week in, week out, but it's for the good of the game. We need the, the, to bridge a gap because the NPL is a reasonably good you know, um, standard, but it's, 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 there's the one next to it, there's nothing there. It's, it's that Division 2 that's missing to then bridge the gap and give all of these young players an opportunity in a platform like they did in well, the National just, League just, to actually Which is pretty much what Michael was saying when I asked yeah. him what should he have said. I, 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 you know, without well, pretty taking, much what you know, Michael said, he should have said, he, I think he pretty much did say. You know, well, he didn't because um, he he basically shut down Michael and said, "Were you listening to what I said?" And no, he, he, was... he did it. He did it without the diplomacy around it. So you know. The, so let's the... let's just let's just can I just summarise the landscape? So at the, at the moment, mm. as we speak, there is two agreements. There's a license agreement mm, mm-hmm. and there's a participation agreement. Yeah. The license agreement now it's been public. So what's the difference between the two? Well, the license agreement is the. Um, is the value associated with uh, with a, with an A League club? It gives you the license to to be in the A League, and that's that was extended in 2014 by Frank Lowy, and in that agreement it gives the clubs tenure until 2034. Okay, yeah. a guaranteed tenure, except for Wellington Phoenix. Okay, mm, who's en- ends at the end of this season? That's right. Then the participation agreement is all about the rules of the competition. Now, under the participation agreement, the FFA has a right to bring in promotion and relegation. So there would be um, good legal minds, much better than mine, would be able to argue a case for one or the other, be it the FFA or the A-League clubs, to reinforce a position either way. Mm. So there is some ambiguity there. Okay, there is some ambiguity there. But it's important to recognise those two agreements. Now, there are people that are critical of the FFA about promotion and relegation. So... Those people in particular never, ever get critical of the A-League clubs if the A-League clubs want to keep a protected uh, league structure together without any promotion relegation. We've never heard the Association of Professional Football Clubs, which represent represent the A-League clubs, we've never heard definitively whether they want promotion or relegation. Some club owners say yes, some club owners say no. I want to just ask... Can I just finish yeah, yeah, one? You, you I'm, just, finish, I'm, I'm yeah. painting the landscape. Yeah, yeah, paint the landscape. Okay, but and I've the, got, the, the, last, the last point to make... Yeah. Sound like our old mate Shane Hilly. Let I me do. paint the picture. Let me paint the picture. The last point to make, so we've talked about the two agreements, we've yep. talked about the, the, the A-League clubs really haven't made their opinion clear on promotion and relegation. Then the, the next point is to realise is that at the end of March, we're only a few days away, mm. we're expecting to get a 
Um, there'll be some sort of term sheet delivered by the new wor- new league working group, which is the A-League clubs, about the arrangements for the new A-League, which will be splits of revenue and uh, cost centres and things like that into a new uh, spun-off independent uh, structure. And we'll also get in close to where Rima Nogaroto and his process around the second division comes yep. about, you know, what's that going to look like um, and when it could start and... In both of those processes, promotion and relegation is going to be probably canvassed and there will need to be agreement reached. So my point, my point is that all the people that jump up and down about this being a, being a, um, you know, some sort of revelation by the chairman, it's not. There's a lot of water to go under the bridge. There's and but it nothing's going to be achieved without everybody agreeing. That's my point. Okay, so let's 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 turn the clock back. Let's say three years. What did the A-League look like three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, and now? Tell me, honestly, what does it look like now compared to what it was two to three years ago? Pretty much the same. No. Diluted. Crowds diluted. Oh, sorry. To you, I thought you were talking about the, just the general makeup no, of no. the clubs. No, no. You're, you're talking teams. about the quality of it's the It's ten teams, three games, mm. distorted draw. It goes on and mm. on and on. Mm. It's not right. Yeah. I think the, the compelling commercial issue is that the we, we actually don't know for sure because the <laughs> ratings are a little bit... Uh, um, you know there is. They lie about the crowds. Yeah, they the, they lie about the crowds. Yeah, but the crowds have decreased uh, about by Massively. about by dropped about, out of its back. No, twenty no, percent, which is a big number. Yeah, and the and the television audience, the the pay TV audience has has declined significantly too by about a third. And I will tell you who would be very from upset from five at... years ago about a third. But but there's one really important thing you need to recognise in that is that Foxtel subscribers have dived. No, but they have dived generally because of mm. Netflix, mm. okay, and the yeah, streaming but all, but, well, from but from football um, supporters' point of view. No, no, the, the general because the A League actually gets quite a good proportion yeah. of people who have Foxtel watching it. Yeah, yeah, no, true, okay? true, but but it, it has to be said that. Uh, but Foxtel never Fox... published their subscriber number, yeah. but, but but everybody knows based on. Based on, um, but, but we or... all know that the real passionate football fans used to love watching the A League and then roll it on into the Premier League. We used to get about 100. Uh, a Melbourne Victory City game used to get about 120 mm. to 140,000. Mm. Now it's getting about 80. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So those numbers, a, a, a normal AFL game gets about 100. So, que- so question without notice. How do we? T- how does this turn around? Well, there's a whole. There's no one silver bullet. There needs to be a second division established. There needs to be a plan for expansion of the A League to your Magic 16 clubs. So I think that yeah. is a done deal. That needs. Mm. So I think the reality of the situation is that the. And do you know I got a lot of callback off that? Oh no, you can't be doing that. 16 is who, the. By ma- who? Oh, there was there's all from all sorts of different directions, but I'm telling you now, 16 is always the magic number because it does just one thing. Yeah. 30 games. One at home, mm. one yeah. away. Consistency, and you go, and then you can have a final season. Yeah. I don't mind that if that's what we want. So, that's what we get. So I think and um, the cups. Yeah. Well, in, in all seriousness, like my opinion, and I know um, I do think it is a big story when the when the you know the chairman um, speaks as frankly as he did without the you know the diplomacy that Michael uh, outlined in in his comments. But in reality, I do agree that 2034 isn't that far away, and for the major structural changes that need to happen to football in this country and the Pair that needs to be done to TV viewers and crowds and all of the work up that needs to be done then. You know, it's going to be 2020 in five minutes' time in the 
countdown will be on to 2034. Yeah, look, so it's really not that far away. So I think, things. but you can't, you we can't surely be deciding that in 2034 it's all going to magically turn. No, this, this has got to be built. No, in. Well, no, 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 no but that's the point, Dean. That's, that, that's where the whole point. roadmap of the next decade and a half. That's the chairman's needs to point. The chairman's point out. is if the if the uh, if the A League clubs want to have 16 teams in the competition, there'll be a process of, of expansion to get to 16 teams. Then there's a second division needs to be established. Then they need to become um, more than what the NPL is now. We're obviously going to start with NPL, aren't we? NPL clubs, maybe some new clubs. But then they need to grow their revenue base. We know that at the moment they turn over between 750k to a million. They need to get to four or five million dollars turnover pretty quickly to substantiate a full-time environment for players. Yeah. Because we've talked about, uh, you know, a, a guy with a part-time job earning 25 grand or 30 grand playing in the NPL now, who's earning earning another hundred grand at his job during the day. He's not going to give up that to earn 50 grand. Hundred percent. Yeah. That, so that, we, that's, that's got to all so be thought all out. All of that's yep. got to be thought out. Not to mention the the mechanics around promotion relegation. And I think that's also. That all of this discussion has been detailed. It's not we haven't missed much. There's nothing in there that's you know oh we didn't think about that. We've thought about absolutely everything. Yeah. And if it doesn't but add up, then you don't need, do it. But it's going to need time to of develop. Of course it isn't does. It? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I don't think the chairman said anything controversial based on when you, no when you. <laughs> He's not going to shift his position. No, but, is he, but let's have a look at it. I mean, you guys are just jumping at a headline. No, we're not jumping at a headline. I maintain that the position that he has requires diplomacy and. And uh, as great a man as he is and as intelligent a man as he is, that um, he did miss the uh, critical diplomacy, the optics, the uh, the story around it and the uh, the, the subtleties that Michael um, suggested. So I just think that uh, Chris um, would uh, would be sensible to listen to what Michael said in that uh, response to the final question and just be conscious of, of uh, framing some of his answers uh, with a little bit more of that um, statesman-like uh, language next time he's uh, facing the lion of Lynch in an environment like that. Who'd be the, who'd be, who'd be the chief? About, <laughs> talk about, talk about make a mountain out of a molehill. Okay. All right. Gentlemen, um, that has been a great show again. I had a lot of fun. Um, See, I feel like I'm sitting across the table from two tabloid newspapers. <laughs> uh, well, Photoshopping pictures. And no comment. Make, making stuff up. Well, you sound like the PR agent for Chris Nicker. No, no, I, just I, quietly, but... uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right, we've got to wrap it up, gentlemen. Who's been watching Married, Married at First Sight? <laughs> no. Um, join us next week, Dean, Michael. When we go Willem, from one, one of the pitch to the other. In the world game.